Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Good afternoon, Garage Logicians. It's a very comfortable, very comfortable 82 degrees. And even though that dew point is not down in the uh, the mid or high 50s, and it's still a little bit sticky, we do have some relief. Dave Dahl will be along later on this hour to give us his full forecast, but he was predicting about 89, 90 degrees uh, for the day, and currently we're sitting at 82, so it's it's okay. Uh, best of Garage Logic on this Friday afternoon, which includes a scramble. And uh, I went through a lot, I've been going through a lot of things lately, but I did go through some of the archives and some of the items that we have not seen or heard from in a long time. And I wanted to weigh that against um, people that may have not heard it, but probably will be entertained by it. Um, and this one goes back, uh, geez, I don't even know how far. I didn't have the date on it, but it was it was listed on one of the mini discs and it was in the show notes as being um, relatively um, entertaining. And, of course, you may or may not heard, maybe you're listening in, uh, last Friday uh, there was an announcement made that Garage Logic will no longer continue on the air. Uh, although that may have been very convenient for some to flip on that AM radio and tune in for a couple of hours each and every day, which we appreciate. Times have changed and technology is ever-changing, so uh, we are going to, rather than just delete it, we're going to embrace it. So we're making a change, we're jumping off the AM dial, and we're going to be on the interwebs via a podcast, Garage Logic Will Podcast. And what you can expect in that new podcast is uh, some of the same, probably some things new. You know, Joe will be off of his routine, but the content that he provides and his show prep will always, of course, remain uh, top drawer A+, and uh, he does not settle or just, just try to fill. So... Uh, thank you, and we hope you make the, uh, the the jump with us. And you can find Garage Logic online at garagelogic.com. These are ways you can listen to the podcast. Garagelogic.com. Find Garage Logic in Apple Podcasts, or find GL anywhere that you already listen to other great podcasts. Uh, PodcastOne.com is one, but um, we'd like you to kind of follow through the garagelogic.com way. That way we can. Uh, kind of keep a, a number of how many people have followed, and you can kind of stay in the, the GL family by doing that. And we're hoping you're you're going to stick with us. If you don't know how to podcast, it's just really simple. Uh, if you have a cell phone or if you have a computer, you just download it. You download it each and every day. You listen to it at your convenience. If you don't understand what I'm saying and you're an old fart like Joe, um, and Joe can figure this out, what you do is you talk to a, a son or daughter or a granddaughter, grandson, uh, any 20-year-old, 18-year-old can walk you through that. Podcasts are the future, and we're happy to have a future with a podcast in Garage Logic. That being said, let's get going here on this Best of Friday Garage Logic. This one was a long time ago, and uh, this gentleman, Greg, had, had something very unfortunate happen to him, and uh, Joe spoke with him about his his um, incident. 
Best of garage logic. Uh, there is the possible first yeah, case of human foot and mouth disease. Name is Greg. Greg in yeah. England, a fellow uh, trying to literally uh, haul a, a decomposing uh, cow across the farmyard, uh, had it blow up on him. Uh, this is true. I mean, he it it popped on him, and the fluid got all over this poor guy and into his mouth. Now the good news is that this is not fatal. In humans, uh, uh, although uh, extraordinarily rare, this was in Cumbria, a county in northwest England. Greg, is it? What? Greg! We've reached... We've reached you, and uh, I suppose it's late at night there. We're sorry to wake you up. My name is Joe... Pardon me? Not, Not too late. My name is Joe Sure. We're on the air in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis-St. Paul, and we understand that... Uh, are you live in the air? Pardon me? Are you live in the air? Yes, we are. Oh, jolly. Pardon me? So jolly. Right, and we understand that you, uh, uh, the tests aren't uh, uh, actually in yet, but you may be one of the first humans in more than uh, 30 years uh, in England to have contracted the foot and mouth disease uh, because you had that unfortunate accident with a cow. Is that correct, sir? Yeah, I was having them out, uh, put the cows away. Right. Uh, scraping them away. Right. You Were Were you hauling a cow yourself? Uh, me and a couple of friends were had right over my shoulder. Oh, you did? Uh, we had four men. Four? And had each a leg, and one popped. One of the legs popped? No, the cow popped. The cow popped? Yes. And you, unfortunately, were what, doused with the cow juice? Had my mouth open, breathing oh. it in. Oh, boy. Were you shocked? Unfortunate. Were you shocked? <laughs> Shock wouldn't be the word. I was very nervous at first, but many doctors said that uh, I'll be fine. What about... I might get some blisters. Right. Um... My three friends were very worried. Who are they? Are the three farm uh, workers with you? Yes. Ian. Ian. James. And? Rodney. They didn't get any of the uh, carcass fluid on their persons? Yeah, some flew around, but did not, they were not ingested, no. Not and you ha- why, why did you have your mouth open, Rodney? Oh, you're Greg. Greg, I'm Rod- sorry. Rodney's my friend. Rodney's he he your- had the other leg. I had the leg. Right. And when the, the cow popped, it uh, the explosion from the the, it, the mouth, tough to describe, but uh, the fluid came out, went right in my mouth. Well, I was breathing in. Man's got to breathe. I see from exertion. Uh, not exertion, but uh, just breathing in regular. I didn't expect it to pop. Right. You've ever had one pop on you before? Never moved cows. Oh. <laughs> Never had him. I was not around for the previous mad cow scare. How old are you? Thought you were gonna ask me when that was. I would have been in trouble. Well I, I I'm thirty five. Well that was in nineteen sixty six. You would have been a small uh, boy, uh, I, I don't remember any reports. Actually but, you would have been uh sixty six? I'm about that age. Forget. 
So you, I've, I've two, three, you, I've you were just born, let's say, and yeah, so. But do were you? Do you own this farm, or do you live on it, or what? What was the uh, story? No, my uh, Rodney's uncle does. I see. Uh, we just happened out. We were down at the pub. Uh, we decided to help him. Right. What can you do with a poor man? Right. He's lost everything. They're burning cows, aren't they? Unfortunately. Right. Are you married? Yes. What's your wife uh, think of this? Was she sympathetic? Is this? She's a little upset. I would imagine. Um, I bet the relations. She's, very, she's happy we were helping out uh, Rodney's uncle. Right. But uh, what's Rodney's uncle's name? Bert. Right. And I would imagine uh, this would uh, would put a hold on uh, relations, if you know what I'm saying. She's probably a little weary until. Sure. Sure. She's. Uh, she's not real. I haven't been green lighted yet. If you know what I mean. I've tried, but uh, well, the sign still says stop. I see. Are there signs, uh, not signs that say stop, but are there? Are there? Signs, of, signs of hoof, hoof and mouth on you. Well, I did try to pick up a pencil earlier. I did have trouble picking up a pencil earlier today because my fingers look like this. <laughs> well, I eventually picked it up and, and starting, writing, starting to write a note to my wife uh, telling her I love her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has awakened me in the middle of the night. She thought I was dreaming. I said, why are you awaken me? Right. She said, you're mooing. <laughs> She added that disturbs her. Well, on Ive Coast, uh, being a little groggy, said, uh, "Would you like to get lucky?" Mm-hmm. She said, "Not with you, bovine boy." But the wife, she takes great sports with it as well. She got a couple of good one-liners. If I'm too close to her in bed, she'll say, "Move over." I you don't you really? Uh, you I don't think it's funny. Do no, you? I, I. I hear you laughing and jolly about it. No, no, I was. In fact, I was. I, I was going to compliment you mm. that you really have a wonderful attitude about this. You have seemed to remain fairly cheerful. Let's face it, an exploding uh, cow carcass would be an unnerving uh, experience, to say the least. Well, being the subject of an international news story, of, right? Uh, and we haven't said your mouth. last name, by the way. No, please don't. No. I, uh, it's the words out right in my uh, small community here right of <laughs> I'm sorry I'm coughing <laughs> oh what does it matter Cumbria Do t- I'm sorry Cumbria Cumbria well, that's the county uh, you uh, obviously live in is Cumbria, northwestern England. I was trying not to uh, let the word out. I but see. Apparently, I, you're, well, you're I, not helping me there. No, I see. And uh, even your prime minister, uh, Tony Blair, has has weighed. Uh, well, he has he. What is yes, Tony, well, what he, is he, the he prime minister Blair said. Pardon me. What has prime minister Blair said? He understood that you were moving a rotting cattle. Oh, another car. one. Yeah, funny. He's very funny. Right. Very original. 
Right. He understands I was moving. Huh? Sure. Right. Moving a rotting carcass, car- cattle carcass. Right. Not when, funny. But uh, what else, uh, uh, Greg, that uh, seems to give your story such a... Uh, peculiar uh, newsworthiness is the fact that the uh, that the fluid did flow into your open mouth. Most unfortunate for me. I would imagine. I've tried. Uh, you tried to brush your teeth. Right. Uh, yeah, we already have those bad British teeth. Right. I can, what would this do to them? Right. Tough enough. You'd think it would. Uh, you know, uh, the acid in, my, in our teeth would just. Uh, I don't know. Uh, neutralize it. I see. But it hasn't. Have you been to the pub yet? Are the guys uh, giving you quite a bit of grief down at the pub? I've been down there. Uh, once you realize you've uh, ingested uh, something foul from a, a cow that had mad cow, you. It's you not. To, it's no. No. Hoof and mouth is different than mad cow. Mad cow, hoof and mouth. At this point, for you, what, what does it matter? What difference does it make? So you go down there for a pint, right? And uh, and you you take some uh, ribbing from the fellas, the right? Pub. Sure. Well, I, I'm glad you took this time to be with us. You, you've under- That's a difficult burden. You've been to the hospital, you've undertaken the test, but they have uh, uh, not been disclosed. Is that correct? Well, that's true, but try to tell that to my wife. Yeah, because you, that's a whole different problem with you, isn't it? Sure, and once you're down... What's her name? Her name? Right. Her name is Ida. Ida. Right. Ida really want to get to know her better. But I can't because I have hoof and mouth disease. Right, which is a problem. Right. Were you wearing the special suit, the rubber suit and everything? I unfortunately declined. I see. I, I had uh, some overalls on, some very thick gloves, mm-hmm. uh, goggles, and right. a cap, right. a scarf, but uh, nothing to cover my mouth, unfortunately. Right. Well, the good news, uh, Greg, as I'm sure you've been told by the doctors, is that this ailment is not considered... Uh, dangerous for humans. It does produce flu-like symptoms, however, and uh, short-lived uh, blisters. Short-lived blister. A short-like flu-like symptoms. Must be why I feel. <coughs> oh, oh, oh! That's that was that was the man in England, Greg. Uh, there is the possible first okay. case of human foot and mouth disease. Name is Greg. Greg in yeah. England, a fellow uh, trying to. Literally uh, haul a, a decomposing uh, cow across the farmyard. Stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. All right, GL, as we continue with the best of Garage Logic here, the first hour, uh, our poor guy Greg from across the big pond. Uh, we never had an update from Greg, so we're not sure how it ended for him. I'm sure it ended well because that was not a life threatening disease, but Joe did uh, talk to him. You never know who's going to call Garage Logic, and you never know who's listening to Garage Logic. And many, many years ago, this would be maybe the er, mid-90s, we had a listener uh, named Pauline. And Pauline had called and explained to Joe uh, at some time prior to this uh, mentioning of Pauline, uh, the kind of the process of switching over, say, from 
Paul to Pauline. And uh, I think that was one of Joe's first um, introductions to uh, to kind of the, the changeover thing there. And uh, and Pauline would occasionally email us. And uh, in this case, uh, Pauline wanted to uh, inform Joe that she was pro-conceal carry. We have quite a few gay listeners. Yes. We have no, that's not, that's, she obviously doesn't know what we're doing. Speaking of which... Pauline wrote me a note. Okay. He's in favor of the concealed carry permit law. Pauline pack? Well, Pauline is trying to pack. Oh, okay. If you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) No, really. She's uh, she's our Pauline. She's our Pauline. Anyway, Pauline said that she was on a date. Oh, okay. Boy, if I could be a little mouse sometimes. Want to see that. Right. And, uh. Pauline, if, if, you're, if you've never heard of Pauline before, Pauline is a man. But Pauline started out as a man. Well, and but still is equipment-wise, but is oh, a, dresses as a female. And okay. <clears throat> but loves the show and writes us and calls us. And anyway, he was on, she was on a date. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, he was, <laughs> as he was going to the bathroom, oh, boy. he overheard uh, a table full of rather unenlightened people. Okay, what? Uh, who said... What is that? And uh, and he oh, no. felt threatened and was thinking that, you know, oh. it would have been nice to have a, you know, draw the rod down on him and say, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Right. No, no, he didn't think that, but he felt threatened and, and, uh, and uh, offered that up as an example of why he'd like to be packing. And here's my cartoon bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're at a nice downtown St. Paul restaurant. This was out in the Burbs. I'm, my cartoon bubble, though? Sure. The, uh, Pauline went with someone to a nice downtown St. Paul restaurant. Uh-huh. Table for two. Right. Pauline leaves to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And there's a certain gentleman left at the table as this as Pauline has left. Yeah. And he's looking around the, at the uh, table of unruly kids and says, Where is she? Let's go here. And then yeah. when, when Pauline got up to go to the yeah. bathroom, you know... She said, see you later. <laughs> now, when they get home, right. you know, and they're ready for, you know, a little, right. uh, the music's playing and, and everybody's having fun and Pat's ready and he says, let's go here. And then, and then he says, get out there and mow. Right. So, and then. Pretty much exhausted that. Once Patrick realizes what's going on, he says, is something wrong now? <laughs> In that exact voice. <laughs> that suddenly went up a few octaves, right? <laughs> well, look at Pauline. We've got a different perspective right there to the young lady that called. Pauline calls us and give us this, gives us Pauline's perspective. Right. Well, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Right. You know. Uh, <laughs> and then Patrick, you know, figures, well, you might as well make do, and he says, Yeah. The old any port in a storm excuse. You're going to do what with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. <laughs> oh. So, and then, you know, right. you figure what the hell she's so right. start with this. Standing in. Oh. Ouch. Oh, beautiful. Oh, <laughs> oh no. You crooned it. Right. I can. Uh huh. 
Running cold water over the area numbs it. I'm saying. We are really hungry, but we are okay. ready to get funky. Come on, bad blood, bad blood, for me. We'll return shortly. Gateschool.org. We're back here. Best of Garage Logic. And a lot of times we do like to tease the mayor of Garage Logic and mock him a little bit when he's got something very serious to say. And this is, um, of course, uh, you don't know what this is, but this was one of my favorites due to the fact that Joe was trying to get uh, some stateliness, some elegance, some history on the air, and I completely uh, sidetracked him. Probably saved this and given it to Reavers for the beer show. Is the beer short? To- oh, that's, that's tomorrow night. night. Well, we all, we all, we all enjoy. Uh, I could, I think I'm speaking for the uh, gang. If not, you correct me. But don't you love the ambiance of a good bar? Uh, yes, a I, good that, tavern. Yes, I, um, I look for that too. Me too. That's what I look for. There's one in Naples, uh, downtown Naples. Yeah. That I, I can't remember the name of it, but Irish, it's, I bet uh, it is. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty common. Yeah, yeah that's but, why I'm but a it's big... but it's not just ha- it's it's having the old mahogany in that big old bar. Now and, you're talking. Yeah, this is the, my kind of bar. So that's the, why I'm a bigger fan of the uh, the tap rooms, well, n- and not the bars. Well, I got a few here. There's a me. really cool Applebee's in Coon Rapids. <laughs> uh, some of the oldest bars in the country are in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know what you are. You know, uh, <laughs> no, no, don't that's where you belong, to tell you the truth. Uh, I just know that it would. this is not what you're talking about. And I wish I could get to the yes. point. You know, I have a friend that actually bartends at the Applebee's in Coon Rapids. Yeah. Right. It's a you cool bar. People check that one his out. His name is Mike. We call him Shoes. That's yes. his nickname, Shoes. Shoes. In Pennsylvania, historic... <laughs> Historic bars can be found in cities and smaller towns that once served as stopovers for travelers, farmers, and military troops. Also, a lot of these establishments claim they serve George Washington. Here are bars at least 100 years old. What is wrong with you people? What is? That's a funny line. What? 
that you're talking about all oh, these really and I said there's a really cool bar Applebee's in Coon Rapids. It's, you know, I I got it. I yeah. got it. I didn't think it was that good. Yeah, I, I just thinking about Why it. Why don't you get my... your own YouTube channel, you moron? I wish I try to get Gabe to. Gabe's the perfect deal for that. Okay, what Pennsylvania? What's the deal? The Broad Axe Tavern in Ambler. The establishment rose on an old path farmers traveled when taking their grain to the mills. Some families uh, built the tavern to capitalize to the, on those travelers, offering food and a place to stay. It became a news hub and mail delivery location. Broad Axe still operates as a restaurant and bar. Mm. Wouldn't that be? That's, that's, see, that's right up my alley. What do you see for soup uh, at the bar like that? It's got to have a good... Stew. Kind of a stew, yeah. yeah. I was seeing like a clam chowder, a, a solid clam chowder. Yeah. Uh, uh, King George II Inn in Bristol. Okay. This inn on the Delaware River yep. was established by English immigrant Samuel Clift, who was granted 262 acres of land so long as he built a ferry and a pub. That ferry operated until 1931 when the Burlington-Bristol Bridge opened and the pub was known as the Ferry House, then the Fountain House, then the Delaware House, before becoming the King George II Inn. Historic guests included Presidents John Tyler, John Adams, James Madison, and Millard Fillmore. The original wood bar remains today. Come on. As does the stained glass. But the current structure replaced the ferry house in 1765. We have nothing in Minnesota from 1765. Wow. Nothing that I'm aware of, do we? No. Uh, no, we nothing at all. The Langhorn Hotel in Langhorn. Okay. William Huddleston built this hotel at a crossroads of old trails. There he operated a small two-and-a-half-story tavern, though the first record of a license isn't until 1724. It was known as the Tavern at Attleboro, the borough's name until seventeen the borough's name until seventeen thirty seven. With a housing shortage during World War II, the federal government proposed converting the building into five apartments to house plant workers. New owners through the years brought even more additions in remodeling, though some original elements remain. During a nineteen seventy six renovation, the workers uncovered the original fireplace behind sheetrock come on uh-huh that's what i'm talking about <laughs> are these wetting your whistle yeah i would go there to have a uh, a a strong drink i have your information rook where was it the original applebee's was uh opened <laughs> in decatur georgia november 19th of 1980 are you talking about some history 1980 what's that 20 37 years and you're talking 1765 and they can make them all the same. They make all, that's the beauty of it. They make them all look the same. You feel like you're at home. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, come home oh. to where you feel like you belong. You know, Coon Rapids. Everybody on the knows Delaware. your name. Yes, on the Delaware. Sometimes you want to go. And then the William Penn Inn, uh, and that's in. Uh, Give me that list, please. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. What do you take it to Applebee's and I think post so. it? Celebrating. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Souchere. Okay, GL Bras. 
Listeners of Garage Logic, David Wallace Dahl and his Friday afternoon forecast in Garage Logic brought to us by the fine folks at the Duluth Trading Company. And I think I'm wearing their grunders right now. They've got locations in Bloomington, Fridley, Woodbury, and of course, right there in Duluth, Dave. Yeah, that's amazing. And Dave Dahl's got the forecast. What's going on? Thick smoke out there. That's not cloud cover that we have over us. Blocking out a lot of the sunshine. That's smoke from the fires in southwestern and west central Canada. And uh, it's really thick. It's the thickest smoke we've had so far this season. It's mainly aloft right now. It's going to gradually settle down toward the surface by the time we get to tomorrow morning. So we do have an air quality alert. And that's going to go through Sunday about the lunch hour before it starts to clear out again because the wind's shifting direction. That's falling soot. Mm -hmm. 83 right now, heading for a high today of about 88. Tonight, kind of a smoky haze out there, warm and a little bit more humid. Our low temperature only gets down to about 68. Sunshine, hot and humid tomorrow up to 90. I think a lot of the smoke will be uh, thinning out aloft, but still more of it at the surface tomorrow. And then partly cloudy skies, some isolated thunderstorms possible Sunday and Monday. Temperatures start out still warm on Sunday at 85. It drops into the 70s for highs for Monday, Tuesday, and then back in the 80s for Wednesday as we head toward the State Fair. We're looking at low to mid 80s for highs for the first weekend of the Minnesota State Fair. Hmm. Right now... So that should be somewhat comfortable. It will be. Yeah, I think uh, not too bad. Um, Right now we're at 83. 83, and I'm pressed for time, so I'm going to push you away, and I'll talk to you in an hour. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Dave. Uh, One of Joe's favorites of all time is when we... um, Chatted about uh, Mr. Otto Schmidt, a man who had recently died and his obituary was posted. And Joe was very taken by um, by what he found in his obituary. Otto Schmidt. Otto Schmidt, 84, former U professor, noted inventor, dies. All right. There's not a word of this I'm going to make up. All right. And then let's see if you can laugh at me. All right? <laughs> Mr. I think everything's right. funny. Everything's not funny right now. Otto Schmidt had so many good ideas, he couldn't even give them away. He had to trick people into stealing them. Hmm. He had just tons of ideas and inventions and useful thoughts, said Don Craighead, a friend and trustee of Schmidt's. Schmidt, a professor emeritus of physics and electrical engineering at the University of Minnesota, died Tuesday at the age of 84. See, if you have a lot of ideas, you live a long time because you're always busy thinking of stuff. You're thinking. You're you're using your mind, using your body. He was an inventor with more than 60 patents and was famous for letting people steal his ideas. If he gave someone an idea and they didn't think much of it because he wasn't charging them anything. See, he'd he'd give people an idea. They wouldn't take it because they figured... Well, he's giving it away. How good could it be? how good could it be? It's failed. If he set it on the table where they could read it and steal it, they would run off and turn it into something productive. That's probably what's happening to my (laughs) ideas. His most famous invention is the Schmidt trigger. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Developed in 1938 and used in millions of electronic devices, including computers. Schmidt learned a lot from frogs. That's like what? Next, I mean, you had a frog paragraph. that would talk? I, you know, you've talked about frogs, the three-legged frogs. Oh, I'm the... finding the similarities oh, here on Canny. Ideas, giving them away, and frogs so far. Okay. This guy's me. This is you. This is Eight, Otto Suchere, 84, on a bet. Today, show me where to sign the paper. 
He learned a lot from frogs. Okay. By watching frogs, and I've done that. <laughs> Does not surprise Oh, I have. Does not surprise oh, me. Oh, I have studied frogs. <laughs> By watching frogs, he designed electronic circuits that make most of our modern-day electronics possible, said a friend, Bill DeLatre. How does a frog know that it's going to land on a particular lily pad? I've often wondered that. This guy was way ahead of me. Here, I'll tell you how. Schmidt deduced that the frog keeps observing its position and sending feedback to its muscles until it has the perfect trajectory. He used this information to develop electronic feedback circuits that are self-adjusting. Oh, wow, man, don't you wish we would have known this guy? Yeah, I do. I mean, that is... What a neat guy he would have been for GL. Right, oh, yeah. He didn't take the frog apart to find this out, DeLatre said. He thought from the outside in instead of the inside out. Sat there like this. <laughs> and he said, how in the hell does that frog land on that lily pad? And it turned out that he invented this deal. During World War II, Schmidt invented a device that pinpointed the presence of enemy submarines by detecting changes in magnetic fields. He also found a way to distract German radar operators by transmitting jokes slightly off-channel. Why does your mama put she chocolate? Did you ever hear the one about the farmer and the farmer's daughter? You keep talking German, see, and I'll do auto. Mich den meinen Mutchen, ich dann flabben flubben. The farmer's daughter came to the door wearing a flannel shirt. What do you think the salesman said? What is this? I hear! Meiner Mutter hat a Gegenstanken. Meiner Mutter managed the tank Stella. There was a man from Nantucket. And he mischka. Ich muss mich mal. Ich mach eins, zwei, drei. Yeah. We get them. Yeah, but he was, their auto was, you know, hunkered down. And he's Guy goes into a bar with his dog and he bets the bartender, if my dog talks, will you give me a free beer? And dog says, roof, roof, rarf, rarf. Then I asked the dog, who was named the greatest baseball player that ever lived? <coughs> and uh, he had a 56-game hitting streak, and he's married to Marilyn Monroe. Roof, roof, no, no. Then they go outside, and the dog looks up and says, was it DiMaggio? And that's how we won World War II. Because he had that. Because of this guy. What did I hear in the background? That I do not a, know. Oh, that's Otto again. Yeah, oh, Otto. He's funny, man. Mm-hmm. More Austrian. When the operators listened to the jokes, they couldn't keep track of their radar signals, DeLatre said. It fooled some of them for months. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to buy a German car now that I think about it. <laughs> that like they're I that easily put off oh their game man. with Otto I'm... over there doing Henny Youngman? Come on. I would have been a German general, I oh, think. You would, have been, you would have gone right to the top. Oh, I would have gone right to the top. From 1958 to 1961, he was chairman of the Bioastronautics Astronautics Council, which studied how to support human life in space. Now, you ready? No, hang up on that. I got to talk to you about this. The Blur knew Otto Schmidt. The, is that the Blur? Yeah, he knew him. Hey, Blur. Yes. You knew this guy? I met him a couple of times. Was he Blur-like? Uh, he was He was uh, fairly old at the time. Uh, he had been hanging out at the University of Minnesota in the... Uh, in the uh, uh, in the physics area, in a yeah, let people steal stuff. <laughs> you ever get anything from him? Uh, no. Come on, uh, you would have if you could have, huh? 
I uh, I sold him some stuff when I was working at a uh, popular uh, electronics boutique. Oh yeah, yeah Circuit and, City. Uh, for the longest time, I kept the the store copy of the sales slip, and uh, uh, Mrs. Blur finally threw it away. Oh, give her the oh, yeah. give her the give her the. I, heat. I gave her the luck. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Blur. So yeah. All right. See, so Blur didn't even knew him. Well, listen to this. Schmidt carried three watches. <laughs> Oh, that's funny to you, you huh? Know, <laughs> oh, that's funny to you that a guy that thinks like this would need three watches. Well, you know, I can imagine myself carrying three watches. He wore a watch on both arms, one being digital, one analog. That's with hands for you in the media elite. Oh, where was the third one? He'd have a pocket watch. <laughs> if, the, <laughs> if the two, that's what I mean. If the two watches on his arms didn't agree, he'd consult the one in his pocket. We've all done that. <laughs> Schmidt won numerous awards and was a member of the Minnesota Inventors Hall of Fame. He held a triple doctorate. A triple doctorate. Triple? How do you get a triple? Physics, math, and zoology. Oh, my goodness. Holy man! Do you think he can test out, or does he have to go through all the stuff? Man. Curious as to what's going on in Garage Logic. <laughs> Garage, excuse me, Garage Logic is leaving the air on 1500 ESPN and we're really transferring to a podcast, which you can find Garage Logic online at garagelogic.com. Find it in Apple Podcasts or anywhere you already listen to other great podcasts. More information coming up next. 1500 ESPN is case to be sent. Bomb it up.